Welcome everybody to the first episode of Cantrips and Coffee. I'm incredibly excited to be here tonight. If you don't know who we are, uh, my name is Ruin Ortega and I'm joined with my co-host Cade. Cade, say hello to the lovely people. Hi, this is our first time doing an intro. We're wigging it. Yeah, we have no idea what we're doing right now and that's okay because you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, on this episode, we're going to be playing some Call of Cthulhu. Uh, Rune is going to be our keeper, and we're joined by a couple of our friends um, who are going to introduce themselves in the actual episode. Super excited to get going with this. We love tabletop games, and if you do as well, this is the place to be to find out which one you should play next. So stay tuned for our review in the next episode, where this episode we are just going to be playing through the quick start scenario, The Haunting by Chaos. The review that you are going to get this episode, however, is from our coffee of the day. So the coffee part of our cantrips and coffee uh, is where we take a different coffee, uh, we take turns picking one, we both try it out, and then we talk about how much we liked it. Uh, this week, or episode, our coffee was chosen by Ruin, uh, and what are we drinking again? We are drinking Rocket Fuel by Beans. Now, Beans is a local coffee place in Tasquin, Alberta. They are a little bistro. Um, they have their own little dining area, and they're really nice and quaint. And they roast their own beans in-house, and that's what we got tonight. Cade, how would you describe those beans? Uh, so Rocket Fuel specifically is, is really interesting. Um, when I brought it home, I opened it up and my wife gave a smell to it. And her first reaction was like, whew, that's real strong. Um, and when you drink it, that's the note that you get up front. It's a really like intense, almost bitter first note. Um, but then right after that, it kind of devolves into like a smooth caramelly after note that lingers a lot longer than you expect it to. Um, I find with a lot of coffee when you take your, your drink, you kind of get your flavor and then it dips and it goes away and then that's what keeps you drinking it again and again. Whereas Rocket Fuel the aftertaste really stayed with me a long time um, and it was, again, like a kind of a buttery, caramelly note. It was very smooth on the back end. Mm, I know exactly what you're talking about. When it first hits you, it, that Rocket Fuel is going to be straight to the moon. But you come down that nice, soft landing. You know what I'm saying? That was awful. I know, but it was so good. So good. Yeah, uh, I really liked Rocket Fuel. I would definitely buy another. Uh, and you know what? I think we're going to rate it. And our rating system is Elder Gods. And so I would give this a four and a half out of five Elder Gods. I think I'd probably give it a three and a half out of five Elder Gods. I'm docking it a little bit for that first initial upfront um, taste that's a little bit much for, I think, some people who are newer coffee drinkers. Um, experienced coffee drinkers will really enjoy it, though. Highly recommend going and grabbing yourself a bag. Absolutely. You'll probably hear us review another one from Future because they are so good. And we do love to support small batch roasters in podcast. Um, however, next time we'll be sure to give you a different one look. For sure. And yeah, that's our introduction. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Um, as always, we are still learning how this is all going to work and still figuring it out. So if you have any feedback, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us on social media. Uh, we also have a Patreon set up. We'll put all of those links in the description to the podcast. Um, but yeah, if you have any feedback, anything that you think we could do to improve, don't hesitate to let us know. We would love to hear from you. But for now... Pour yourself a cup of the hot stuff and settle in for the first episode of Cantrips and Coffee. Welcome tabletop players from all around the world. 
My name is Ruin Ortega, and tonight I am your keeper of arcane lore. That's right, we're playing Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game, and joining me tonight is my co-host as always, Cade. Hi, I'm going to be playing grizzled old PI, uh, Bob. And then I also have two other investigators of the unknown with Jaden. Hi, I am Big Earl. He's big and ugly. Solves problems with his fists. And, and lastly, Jody playing. Uh, Matthew Hawkins, investigative journalist uh, looking for some mafia stories in Boston. And if you're new to our program, like everybody else, because it's our first episode, uh, basically our format is super simple. We are going to be playing the quick start scenario provided by Chaosium for free. Following that, our next episode, we'll do an overview and uh, rating scale of whether you should buy this or whether you should... Without further ado, we are going to get into our... Before we get too far in, it has to be noted for anybody who's listening that we are clearly new at this because Ruin Ortega keeps looking into the camera despite the fact this is an audio platform and he doesn't need to make eye contact with any viewers. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's practicing it's, it's, for the live stream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I really, I just want this to be a video format, and I'm uh, protesting against everybody. <laughs> but Ruin, I have a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, alright, so, Investigators of the Unknown. It's early morning, and you're having coffee at your usual cafe in Boston. When the ch- chime of a bell above the door jingles, you glance up out of curiosity to see a face that you've been avoiding for... A few days. It's the haughty visage of one Mr. Stephen Knott, the landlord of your struggling detective agency and the detective agency of your friends. He quickly surveys the room, finds you, and gives an upward nod as if finding the exact person he was looking for. With that, he walks determinedly towards you, sitting down quite promptly. So, here we are, Bob. You know, it's funny. You don't have enough money to pay your rent in that... I see you here probably every day, coffee and toast. Seems to me you're a little bit behind, aren't you? To be fair, do you know how much rent is? Do you know how much coffee and toast costs? I'm a man, not an you animal. You know what? It ain't my problem. The problem is that you owe me a lot of money. You're behind by two months. Two months rent. Yeah, but you know we're good for it. We've been here for how long? You know that we're going to pay you, so why don't you just get off our case? Mm, yeah, okay. Well, tell you what. I got something that'll clear things up. You know, clear all the air between us. And you know what? If you can figure it out, I'll even kick you an extra month of rent. We'll see. What do you got? I uh, recently inherited this property. And uh, needless to say, I haven't been able to get it rented out in some time. You see, uh, some strange goings on that... I ain't exactly sure what what's happening there. I need it looked after. We're not exterminators. We're not going to go deal with rats you have in your basement. No, no, no. See, it ain't nothing like that. It's, uh, I'm a little more spooky than that. You see, he kind of looks around and makes sure that nobody's really paying attention. And he gets real close and he says, It seems to be a little bit more of a problem than that. It's, uh, I don't want to say ghosts or nothing, but, uh, let's just say my previous tenants... They didn't last very long before they met with some sort of tragedy. No one really seems to know what happened, especially not me as, you know, I just inherited from some dead uncle. But I don't know what's going on. Nobody wants to rent the damn thing out. I need you to figure out what happened and make sure that I can get rent money from that place 
so that, you know, you can keep mooching off of me. Seem to have a recurring issue with collecting rent. Maybe it's you. He, uh, he kind of gets up and he straightens his suit a little bit and, uh, he huffs and he says, You know, whether it's me or not, don't forget that you owe me. You get this done, we'll be square. And he, uh, kind of bends down, scribbles the, uh, the address out on a napkin, kind of tosses it your way, and, uh, leaves pretty promptly saying something about financial business. You didn't really quite catch it. So, investigators, what do you think about the session? Hey, girl, why not? <laughs> yeah, sounds a little superstitious for an uh, old guy in the 20s. Um, with the address, is it familiar? Uh, is it, do we know approximately where it is? Heard of any like previous cases in that area? Um, it's, it's not something that you personally have heard of. Uh, you would definitely know where to find it. It's not like it's uh, an obscure address. It seems like it's an older neighborhood. Um, one that would have previously been used, uh, especially during wartime. As, uh, like a journalist, would I have had, like, knowledge of the tragedy? Like, would we have done any coverage? Can I make a roll on that? Yeah, I think because this is part of your background knowledge, you could probably use an education role. Okay. 42 out of 60, a regular success. Okay, so um, just to do a little explanation, with the uh, Chaosium system using the, the, role, the basic role-playing system, rather, um, there are three levels of success. A regular, which means that you rolled under your current value. Uh, a hard, which is half of that value. <coughs> or an extreme, which is one-fifth of that value. So based on your regular success, um, you would know that you've heard from the past that there were some... Um, kind of different stories coming out of that area about multiple families having some tragedy there uh, in quick succession. Uh, more than that, you wouldn't know, but you do know that um, the newspaper probably wrote some stories on it, and the local newspaper is the Boston. Okay. Well, then I would just pipe up a little bit saying like, hey, he says there's only one house he knows of that's had a tragedy down there. We've heard of quite a few, actually, so... Might be superstitious, but I think you might be onto something. Alright. Well, I mean, if we're gonna get essentially three months of rent for it, that's the biggest score we've had in a while. Can't hurt to go check it out. Yeah, no. it'll hold me over until the book sign and check comes in. <laughs> Maybe we'll get one of the shirts about Hey, we could only hope. Make it big in Hollywood. And I mean I don't need to say this, but we haven't really had any clients knocking around, so we yeah. could probably do this for the best. Of they it. always seem to just go to the police, don't they? Weird. I, I don't. You can't trust the cops. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's because they work for free. Could be wrong though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could be it. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So what's our travel options here? Do we have a PI mobile? <laughs> it looks just like the Ghostbusters, like eco van. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys get your own theme song? Who are you going to call? Not Bob. Uh, <laughs> For copyright reasons, we can't actually start humming that, but, you know. <laughs> it's all in our actually, heads. Actually, we can, but that's a topic for later. <laughs> <laughs> you can teach us all about that another time. Stupid royalty. All right. Well, we will say that... Um, what's everybody's credit rating? Uh, 15. 40. I went with 50. Damn, I'm poor. I really am a journalist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, Jaden, uh, based on your previous background with uh, boxing and you know winning a few rounds, yeah, you managed to score yourself a modest vehicle at a 50 credit rating, uh, which nice. you know is what affords you your luxury or your poverty, such as in the case of Matthew. Um, <laughs> so we'll say that it's just parked out front, and you guys can just drive on over there in a little hurry. And uh, after cool. a few minutes of driving, you get to the Boston Globe. Uh, Matthew, you would be familiar with that and probably walk right in and you would see uh, Dolores Humphrey, secretary, sitting at her desk. An old, kind of, you know, time-aged... That's a terrible description. Um, You would see Dolores (laughs) Humphrey... Ravaged by the sands of time. (laughs) (laughs) She's actually just a zombie, okay? This is your first encounter. I'm going to encounter the sanity. (laughs) Yeah. Not the turkey woman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> In a few minutes, you guys drive to the Boston Globe, and Matthew, with your previous experience as a journalist, you would mm-hmm. know Dolores Humphreys, the secretary, sitting at the front desk. She is an older woman, distinguished of 75, uh, and you're you're known for a penchant for you know, being maybe a little flirty with her. I think that's unfair to put on me, but okay. <laughs> this was not in my You know story. how to get a story. <laughs> um, well, I, I walk up to the desk and uh, say, Hey, Dolores, you're looking phenomenal as always. Uh, I don't suppose you guys have got any of my freelance uh, stories that I've been submitting lately? I could, I could really use a paycheck. Landlord has been is, on my case. Is anyone else picturing oh, the secretary from Monsters Inc? Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, watching, watching you was obviously. Yeah. <laughs> well, aren't you just the charmer when you know what you want? Yes, I've given them to Artie. Although, between you and I, he knows what he wants to publish and what he doesn't. What are you in for typical, today? Typical editors. <laughs> Uh, today we're actually doing a little follow-up, some, uh, tragic events that were going on in a neighborhood here in the city. I'm just trying to find a little bit of information. Might check the records room. Ah, well, uh, what, uh, what neighborhood? And, uh, Jody, just so you know, Matthew, would you know that, um, the, that, uh, Mr. Knott had scribbled down the Corbett House, followed by mm-hmm. uh, an address, so you could just call it the Corbett House. Okay, yeah, we're looking for the Corbett. Oh, oh, the Corbett House. Oh, I haven't heard that in a while. Well, let me see, let me see. Yeah, if, if memory serves, there was quite a few odd occurrences there, but I will admit I'm having a hard time placing them. Um, You would probably find stories of them in the morgue, you know, the, the clipping room downstairs, but I'm afraid I can't give permission to go there. You'll have to talk to Artie himself. Uh, can I try and make a fast talk roll? Seduction. Saying we already talked to Artie on the phone on the way over. No, before we came, because it's 1920. <laughs> Just gotta put that little mystery in there. FaceTime with him. Can I make the fast talk roll? <laughs> yeah, you can definitely try a fast talk roll. So uh, what what uh, Matthew is trying to do here is there are four interpersonal skills in Call of Cthulhu, uh, all of which are designed to try to talk your way into getting what it is you want, and he's going to try a fast talk, which is essentially a nice way of saying lying. Go ahead, Matthew. Ooh, uh, an 11 out of 50, so a hard success, one away from extreme. That would be a hard success. Uh, uh 
Unfortunately, Dolores does not have the keys, and that seems to be your big problem. She kind of looks at you and, you know, preens on herself and bats her eyes, and is like, You know that I'd do anything for you if I could, but I'm afraid only Artie has the key. Well, that's fair, I suppose. You're not going to let me go and break the lock. <laughs> <laughs> so, she... she uh, she looks at you and she says, I'll, I'll just go and get him right away and, you know, you can deal with him yourself. And she, she gets off and, and, or gets up and scuffles her way over and uh, she comes back after a couple minutes with uh, an overly pompous looking man um, around your age, but uh, definitely with a, an air of I'm better than you and uh, red curly hair and kind of a... Uh, speckled with a uh, very lean figure. And he's, hmm, Matthew, what is it that I can do for you today? Uh, actually, we're just here to get into the clippings room to do a little bit of research about the Corbett house. We're looking to do a follow-up on uh, some events that have been happening there lately. Oh, you just like to get into the Corbett house, huh? That's... All you want is the Corbett house? Oh, well, why, why didn't I guess that? I should just let anybody who writes the odd freelance paper into our record room, wouldn't you say? That's what we should do, Matthew? Uh, well, considering that you don't have many other reporters who are uh, willing to put their necks on the line to get inside the mafia here in Boston, yeah. I think you do owe me something. Listen, you may do some work for us, but I will remind you that I say who gets in and who doesn't, because I have that authority. Can I get a psychology roll from somebody? Uh, sure. Roger that. Uh, 27 out of 50. So regular success. Okay, so, perfect. Bob, with your regular success, you get the uh, impression by reading into his character that Artie likes the little power that he holds in this world and that he's only going to do this for somebody who's able to, you know, maybe tell him what he wants to hear or tell him wh why it's meaningful that he exercise his power. Um, and syndrome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, can I do a persuade then? Can I step up and be like, Excuse me, Sir Artie, was it? My name's Bob. I'm a, I'm an investigator, and we're we're on a very important case. Um, as I'm sure you know, you know, any assistance that we can get from the public is is more than welcome, and uh, we will definitely be sure to uh, encourage anybody that uh, we come across to check the story about this case that we're following in your distinguished. Uh, uh, it would really mean the world to us. We'd really. Just greatly appreciate the help from somebody with, you know, the prestige as the editor of the Boston. So he, he kind of looks at you and gives a little smirk when he hears you <laughs> talking so flatteringly about him and, you know, really trying to tell him logically why it would matter that he should let you in. Uh, and because of your regular success, he goes, well, I suppose that a small perusal won't be too much to oblige. Uh, just make sure that you are out soon, because I don't want to have to deal with you for very long. And, uh, he kind of snaps his fingers rudely and says, Ruth, take them to the morgue. And he walks away. Uh, and pretty soon this, uh, moderately young woman comes over with, uh, glasses on and curly hair. And she says, oh, yes, well, I, I can take you down to the morgue. Um, unfortunately, I'm the only key holder and, well... If Artie snaps his fingers, and she kind of mutters to herself and leads the way down to the basement. Oh, hey, Lou, you're cutting out a little bit. 
Uh, you're back, as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, yeah, it's fine. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> you are taken down some steps by Ruth Blake, the records keeper, into a dusty basement filled with filing cabinets and stacked high with old newspapers and other assorted junk. The whole room smells musty, and the boiler system in the corner gives off a lot of... And because you guys were able to persuade Artie so well, and because you already have the address, um, you're going to be able to kind of just look immediately for whatever stories they would have. So at this point, I'm going to actually put a handout into um, the quick start text channel that you guys can read over. Um, and then I will also read it aloud once everybody's confirmed that they have insert that. Well, gang, it looks like we struck paydirt from just two years ago. Looks like three families have been driven out of that house since the 1880s. I'm just amazed that the first family was able to flee considering they were crippled. <laughs> well, the children, at least the children were the ones that were crippled. <laughs> like, did they like crawl out of there like army crawl style? That's a pretty dark statement, though. At least the children were. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Macarios. Does that last name ring any bells? Um, I can't remember if I actually mentioned it, but that would be the old town. Oh, okay. But okay. again, I actually can't remember if um, Mr. Knott had, so I apologize. Okay. Alright, everybody's done reading it? Yep. Alright, so I'm just going to narrate that part of it. You find an unpublished story from the Boston Globe in 1918. It begins, 1918 feature story, never published. It states that in in 1880, a family of French immigrants moved into the house but fled after a series of violent accidents left the family crippled. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, guys. Um, (laughs) This is all practice for when we go back to school next week. You find an unpublished story from the Boston Globe dated 1918. It states that in 1880, a family of French immigrants moved into a house but fled after a series of violent accidents left the parents dead and three children crippled. The house long stood vacant. In 1909, another family moved in and immediately fell prey to illness. In 1914, the oldest brother went mad and killed himself with a kitchen knife, and the heartbroken family moved out. In 1918, a third family, the Macarios, rented the house but they left almost immediately after they all became ill at the same time. And that's what you find. Damn. Um, yeah. So that's the, the only piece of literature that we have on uh, the place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all that you would be able to find from here. Um, why don't you guys give me... Um, what about with a successful library use check? I would allow that. Yeah, you could try that. Fail. It's a moot point anyway. I'm digging through them all, throwing them on the floor like, oh, I can't find anything. Ugh, books. Uh, <laughs> I'll try as well, since, I mean, we're all standing there anyways. Uh, whew, nope, 98 out of 40. Uh, Does anybody have a, a law use? A I law do. Roll? I have 50. You try that. Okay. Uh, 46 out of 50. Okay. It's a regular success. Uh, with your law, with your knowledge of the law, you would know that um, you could probably find more records going back further. Um, if there was any published history, it would be at the library. Um, but if there was any legal history, uh, that would actually be kept at the courthouse or a police station. Okay. Fair play. Well, uh, I'll say to like the groups, like, well, okay, uh, if there's been any past legal issue. I assume in renting or as purchased, that's all legal documents, um, could go to the courthouse. I don't really want to go to the police station. We're private investigators. They're not going to help us. 
But uh, we could always go to the courthouse and we look through things there. We're just as yeah. uh, entitled to that information as, as legal. Per- it would be good to know, like, any information from any police officers that responded mm-hmm. to, like, calls there about the violent activity, though. Could give, like, an on-the-ground perspective of it. Yeah. You might be able to get that information. Reporter, I'm again, yeah. you know, feed police ego. I don't think that they're going to volunteer Big Earl. Yeah, especially not Big Earl. I mean, Cops are scared of Big Earl. Might be able to just, like, shake the info out of them like kids' <laughs> lunch money. <laughs> I could give it a go, but, you know, usually they like to pull guns at things that look like me. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so, yeah. So, I don't know if we, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a big fan of us splitting up, especially with sending her off on it. doesn't have quite the same level of street cred as... Uh, private investigators so i would suggest we probably go to one place and then the other um but just know that if we go to the police station get anything. yeah all right you're 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 in charge bob well big girl you gotta get the keys we uh what do you figure if we go to the police station I mean, first we might be able to kind of get a direction for what we're looking at at the courthouse so that might be able to kind of quicken the process yeah yeah, I mean, I think that makes the most sense, really. And I feel like the courthouse might be a little bit more digging than least, right? We can't get right. into their files or nothing like that, so yeah. it'll just yeah. be a quick ask. Yeah. All right, let's head All to the police station then. Uh, Matthew, and see what you dig up, and then we'll head over. To- All right. All right. Yeah. So uh, you Sounds guys good. you guys drive on over to the police station, and Big Earl and Bob, you wait in the vehicle because you don't want to rouse too much suspicion. Matthew, however, you go inside and you see a somewhat familiar figure. Uh, you recognize Kim DeBrun, who is a uh, male police officer, and he's kind of manning the front desk. And he uh, just is perusing over some papers as you walk in, but he spots you and he says, Ah, oh, hey, Matthew, what uh, what brings you into the business today? I walk up and I say, Hey, how's uh, my favorite uh, desk jockey, Kim? You enjoying any good donuts lately? Oh, wisecracker, huh? Well, you know, uh, they started putting jelly inside of some of them, huh? You should give them a try. Yeah, that's going to keep you glued to this desk. Uh, actually, I was just here on, on business. I know you, you've always been good to me, uh, helping me talk to the, the officers that uh, respond to some of these situations out here so we can get stuff on the front page in the morning. We're actually doing, uh, can I do a fast talk roll to make it look like I'm here, like, officially? Well, tell you what, I want you to do one thing first, um, and that is, uh, let me know, what is your credit rating? 15. 15. Okay, so here's the thing. In Call of Cthulhu, credit rating often acts as an indicator of whether people would want to actually deal with you. Remember that in this world, money and appearance are power, and so if you have a lot of money, uh, people like you a lot more. Unfortunately, despite the fact that you know Kim, you don't have a very high credit, and this guy happens to be a professional. So based on that, he doesn't want to willingly give you the information, so I think, yes, you would better do some sort yeah, of roll. That's why I wanted to do a fast talk roll. Absolutely. Uh, can I spend two points of luck to make it a normal success? Absolutely. So, as you have indicated okay. there, Matthew, uh, the luck system in Call of Cthulhu is uh, kind of a cool system in the idea that you have a guaranteed luck stat that you can trade one for one if a roll is unsuccessful. So you just indicated that you are two points shy of a success. Um, so you could spend yep. two points of luck permanently to make that a regular success. So we're going to go ahead and say that you do that. Um, I will okay, throw out cool. there that the other thing that you could do if you're ever 
farther away from your roll is that you could do what's called pushing the roll. Now, pushing the roll is kind of a really cool mechanic where you can immediately roll a re-roll of what you just did um, in order to find a new success, but it comes with a couple of stipulations. The first is that time acts as normally. So the first roll still happened. Um, we're not ignoring it, and it's not just, you know, we're re-rolling because we didn't like it. We acknowledge that the roll happened, and we try something else. So if we ever want to push the roll, you have to tell me what it is exactly you want to do different to be allowed to re-roll. Um, the trade-off, though, is while you get a re-roll, the consequences of failing are much higher. However, we're not going to do that just yet. We're going to spend those two points of luck, and that gives you a regular success, and go ahead and tell me what happened. Yeah, so basically I want to say, I'm actually here on business. Uh, Artie, the editor of The Globe, asked me specifically to come down here and speak to any officers that might have responded to a call at the Corbett House in the last two to three years. We want to do front page spread in the crime section about it. And, you know, I could I could probably get your name in there if you help me out. Ah, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, I could be... I could be seen as giving a quote or two, you know? That wouldn't be too bad. Uh, be something to bring home to the old missus, you know? Uh, and uh, he kind of goes off to uh, a filing cabinet off to the side where they probably keep more recent records. And he uh, flips through and Corbett House, uh, Corbett House. And he comes across one and he is able to give you... Um, a little bit of information and so let's see I'm going to put a handout into our chat read over and because it is just Matthew that has found this so far you can let me know when you're done reading it and I will narrate it where are you sending it in the general okay I think I got yeah. it and this was at the Corbett house uh, so it looks like it wasn't at the Corbett house but um, it concerns the name of pastor michael thomas when you look at the record it says that some of the um what's the word i'm looking for um known affiliations would be the last name of corbett a i see w corbett so kim debrun looks at you and he he says you know i i'm not finding anything on this corbett house but uh this record here states the name Corbett on it as a as a known affiliation. So maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, I, I can't find any other Corbett's in our, our system here. Well, this is some pretty heavy information, Kim. Thanks for this. This is going to help the globe. You're going you're gonna to be in the store. You're, you, you're a key. And I'll write the information down in the notebook. I'll hoof it back to the car. Okay. So the file that you found concerns a secret raid on the Chapel of Contemplation. The police raid was occasioned by affidavits swearing that members of the church were responsible for the disappearances of neighborhood children. During the raid, three policemen and 17 cult members were killed by gunplay or fire. Autopsy reports are singularly lacking detail and uninformative, as though the coroner had not actually performed examinations. Though 54 members of the church were arrested, all but eight were released. The records hinted of illegal intervention in the proceedings by an important local official, offering stories of the battle, the biggest criminal action in the city's history <clears throat> that never appeared in print. Pastor Michael Thomas was arrested and sentenced to 40 years in prison on five counts of second-degree murder. He escaped from prison in 1917 and fled the... Yeah, that 
It's all kinds of action. So when I get back to the car, I like toss the page with the notebook where I wrote all that down onto the seat. And I'm like, and you guys didn't want to come here. Don't, don't say I didn't do anything for you. Not bad, not bad. Sounds like we might be walking into uh, a little bit of a bloodbath, though. Yeah. If this Thomas guy is associated with this Corbett house, there's a lot of bad vibes. Yeah, and everything seems to be wrapped up, right? That piece of uh, that publication was not ever published. This stuff yep. has nothing put out mm. on it. Seems a little weird. Someone's you're right. Someone's bigger than you know. This whole thing is tied to this. They're not too worried about anything getting out too. I didn't even think of it. Word up. Okay, so to the courthouse. Mm. This chapel of contemplation is probably in some some way. Um, maybe they're bigger than just this raid. Um, and who knows if this this Michael Thomas actually stayed out of state. He's back, and maybe that's part of what's going on. Corbett. Does anybody have uh, a history skill? Indeed. Nope. Matthew, why don't you roll me history? Oh, 99. So no. You're so astounded by what you've just read that you're just gazing off into the (laughs) distance going, Wow. How close are these two places in relation to each other, like Corbett House and the Chapel of Contemplation? Or would I know that? Uh, Do we even know where the Chapel of Contemplation is? One second. Well, come on, Bob. Uh, So, based off of of the records that you were just able to get, Matthew, you would know um, that the answer to that is they're only a couple blocks away. Um, The address that Mr. Knott gave you, the address of this somehow... Um, linked person and church is just a couple of blocks away. So you would actually be able to drive between the two pretty quickly. That's a little weird. You know, like if they were across town, I would say that's not probably that important, but they're reasonably accessible. Seems a little yeah, fishy. there's no coincidence. I think you just cut out there a little bit, Cade. No, I said there's no coincidences in Christ. No. And then I pretended yeah, right. to puff a cigar of some variety. <laughs> All right. It's actually uh, just uh, to the courthouse one thing? of those old... Yeah, that's header. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> you guys got to use PI. Yeah. Yeah. To the courthouse. Let's roll. Okay. So you Step drive off up, to the courthouse. When you pull up, when you pull up outside the courthouse, you get out and Matthew stays in the car as was read upon. You know, just making sure that nothing happens. And big girl, Bob, you stroll on inside like you own the place. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we well. approach the desk. I guess, uh, big girl, do you want to handle this or... I mean, we'll see a quick little response from him at the beginning and see if I can work my magic. And so I'm just going to walk up and just kind of put a certain amount of, like, domineering over him. Like, get real big, make sure my shadow is casting over him if I can kind of thing. And just see if he looks at all skittish or anything like that. I feel like that would probably be in the line of, like, psychology, maybe. Oh, good God. Uh, well, it actually sounds like you're almost doing an intimidation role. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to intimidate him yet because I'm not going to intimidate some guy that, you know, isn't too scared of me, but I can go right for intimidation. I got no issue with that. I'll throw around my weight. Yeah, let's say it's an intimidation roll, but, like, you and I can agree yeah. upon that you're you're not really trying to scare him so much as just, like, look like you have authority. Yeah. yeah let go. him know I mean business. Sure, go ahead and roll. Okay. 35. That's good because that's just a regular success, but... Perfect. Uh, so he kind of looks up at you a little bit meek, and he goes, Oh, my word. You're Big Earl. I know you. I've seen a bunch of your rounds. How's it going, big guy? Not too bad. It's always nice to see a fan. I haven't been fighting for a little while. I'm surprised people even recognize me anymore. Well, you know, 
I remember going with my my older brothers to some of your bouts, and oh boy, <clears throat> always made me wish that I was kind of a big burly man like you. Well, you know, you eat your meals right, and sometimes it works out. Uh, uh, what can I do around? for you? Can we make a eat your Wheaties joke at this point? <laughs> yeah. I don't know when Wheaties came out. <laughs> Sounds old. <laughs> yeah. The only I mean, people you could I just know eat straight wheat. <laughs> the only people I know that eat Wheaties are old people, so he probably There you them. go, yeah. <laughs> probably. 1924? <laughs> oh, perfect. We're golden. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, well, yeah. I think that if he's a fan, I could probably wrangle him in with a little bit of charm and such. Yeah, sure. Not anything particular, but I guess we're just looking around for some stuff on the Corbett house. You got any information or anywhere I can actually get a little access, you know, sneak me in for the good old shows. Corbett House. Oh, well, let me see. Let me see. Uh, sure, I, you know, I think I have something. And he kind of bustles off to the back for a few moments and he comes back and he he presents you a document. Um, unfortunately, though, it's the same document that they had at the police station, um, being that they would have pretty interconnected files. It looks like a copy was made. By hand, obviously, but uh, he says, unfortunately, this is the only thing that I could find. Um, you know, you you might find more either at the Hall of Records or, or the library. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate your help as much as it was, and I'll keep an eye out for you at any other fights if you still go. I don't run around in them anymore, but I do like to, you know, put a little money on them. Oh, well, you know, I definitely don't tell my my roommates about that, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be sure to show up someday, I'm sure. Okay, um, well, and then, I yeah, think I'll just walk by Bob and say, kind of a dead end. Nothing right. new. Well, wasn't going to hurt trying. Nope. Yeah, head back out to the car. And um, then I'll let him know about just the two other potential leads that we got of the library and the Hall of Records. Seemed like he was a pretty straightforward dude, and if there's anything to be found, we could find some more stuff there if we need. Yeah. Um, well, be I mean, interesting like the, to see it. The the library is probably not going to have too much more, um, just because locations and with it being fairly recent yeah. stuff, I feel like like the Globe probably would have had anything that was published. Yeah. Um, Hall of Records might be a lead, or I mean, we can just head straight to the house, you know, boots yeah. to the ground, start. Yeah, the only thing I would. I uh, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I kind of think the Hall of Records could be interesting for is to see if there's any like paper trail to this Michael Thomas guy like yeah more concrete but also you're right we like could just go boots on the ground yeah. we know to be careful i'm good with either if we want to go and check this out because i agree like there's clearly some kind of connection there um yeah but i mean like with it being this secretive cult and stuff who knows like kind of buried yeah, records exactly. as we've seen them do already um but i mean like if it's on the way might as well stop otherwise get head right there what do you think big girl I mean, I like to get my hands dirty, and I feel like we've been driving around a bunch, which I don't mind. I love my car, but I also like getting into the thick of things. All right. All right. I'm in. Okay. Sure. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll head right to the Corbett house then. <laughs> so Big Earl puts his foot on the gas, and you drive over onto Chestnut Street, where the Corbett house located. When you get to the area, you immediately recognize it as a neighborhood that is beginning to kind of weed out any family homes that might have been there. Tons of new businesses have uh, crept up in their places, especially after the wartime um, has ended and people are looking to move on, start new lives. Um, 
However, there is an incredibly decrepit looking house that from the address you recognize will be the Corbett house. And as you look around, it is fairly quiet. However, there is a lone newsstand cigar vendor working his shop. Well, the cigar aficionado. I mean, <laughs> probably could... check the cigar stand out. Yeah, we can stop by, see what he knows, and if I happen to check out his wares, I mean, All right, uh, so you walk up? Yeah. All right, Bob, why don't you give me a roll against your appearance? See if people actually want to take a <laughs> look at that tired rude. mug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 40 out of 50. Take that, yeah. trying to call me ugly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Man, none of us are very pretty. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, they haven't quite invented, like, you know, grooming for men yet. It's just the old haggard look. That's how everybody dresses. Uh, my beard goes to my knees. I got my pomade, <laughs> my Dapper Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little pocket comb that kind of looks Dapper like Dan a switchblade. <laughs> All right, so as you walk up to the stall... Uh, you see a, an older gentleman wearing one of those uh, those little traditional caps, uh, uh, kind of look you up and down and kind of nods like, all right, I'll stick around for this. And uh, he says, sir, how can I help you on this fine evening? <clears throat> well, uh, we're here, we're, we're checking out the Corbett house, and uh, I mean, I, I noticed your shop. Figured I'd ask if anything weird around here, and I mean, a cigar man myself. Uh, if you have uh, anything that might be kind of in my my line of uh, regular go tos, I might. Well, if it has to do about the Corbett House, I'm afraid I don't really want to say much, but I got plenty of cigars here. You can have a look around and see if something fits fits your uh, your flavors there. Uh, what do you mean you you don't really want to talk about? Yeah. Kind of takes a moment to survey you a little bit seriously, and he leans down on one elbow, kind of looks up and down the neighborhood, and he says, Well, I hate to say it, but not many folks around here like talking about the Corbett house. Too many uh, weird things have happened there. Weird like the mafia? Weird, oh, weird like, like what you hear on the radio. <laughs> you wish that the mafia was like... What we're talking is... Uh, a couple of years ago, there was a family that lived there, and uh, after about a year moving in or so, they uh, started to all go a little strange, a little mad in the eyes. All of a sudden, father has a serious accident. Shortly thereafter, he was violently mad. Said he babbled about a some sort of haunting form with burning eyes. Then, uh, about a month back, Mrs. Macario, she, uh, the old lady, she also went mad. Now, them two, like two peas in a pod, they're over in Roxbury Sanatorium, a few miles south here at Boston. The kids, well, the kids were taken down to relatives out in Baltimore. Nobody wants to step foot in that house since. Have you seen anybody at the house? Nah, that's just it. Most people are staying clear away from it, including myself. Trust me, I try not to even look at it, you know, whenever I get the chance. And uh, you can actually, you know, tell that his stall is turned on a weird angle, like he's trying not to even see it out of his peripheral. <laughs> All right. Out of sight, out of mind. All right, well, uh, thanks for the information. And I'll, like, I'll buy a cigar. Had his time wasted. Can I do sleight of hand to place a mirror in his vision so he has to look at the house? <laughs> <laughs> so I know it was journalists. <laughs> you can definitely try. <laughs> no, keep going. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll pay for my cigar. And, hey, thank you. That was difficult. Yeah, well, like I said... 
most people stay away. And if I were you, I'd probably do the same. And he uh, kind of picks up the few coins you laid down, nods in your direction, and kind of goes to stocking magazines and things like that. Okay, so, uh, yeah, we'll come back over to uh, Earl and Matthew and kind of explain the, the story he said uh, about how, like, it wasn't sick, sick in the head. Uh, yeah. And, like, kind of the history, everyone's kind of afraid of it. Mentioned that the, the parents are up in mm-hmm. asylum upstate. That might be worth checking out. Checking with them, or at least with their doctors, and see you know, what's going on with them. But other than that, that would he didn't be seem interesting. To yeah. Would we reasonably be able to find a telephone? Yeah, would we um, like a payphone? I mean, I feel like just as like uh, general knowledge, because we're in Boston. Yeah. Yeah, general knowledge. There oh. would probably be um, at least a business nearby that you would be able to borrow their phone. It's a chance we could just phone the asylum. Yeah, that might be worth checking into before we head in. Well, and the nice thing about the 1920s is all the phones would have an operator standing by at you know, all moments. So you could mm-hmm. probably right. have them look up the phone number if you were nice enough. <clears throat> That's right, we yeah. could. Yeah. All right. Uh, why doesn't everybody give me um, just a general... Uh, give, me a, give me a knowledge roll, yeah. Which is just intelligence? Uh, that would be your education. Okay. For the record, the telephone booth was invented. Nice. (laughs) I got 12 out of 60, which would be uh, extreme success. Perfect. Uh, So Yeah, same. 48 out of 70. Perfect. Uh, So we'll go with Matthew's role as it's at the extreme level. Uh, Matthew, you, uh, you would not only know that telephone booths were invented like uh like kate has however you would also know where the uh the nearest one would be and you kind of just walk over a block or so and you find the nearest one yeah and you pick up the receiver speak into it to the operator you hear operator uh hello yes uh looking to be transferred to the upstate mental asylum for the uh criminally insane oh well i'm sure somebody would come pick you up if that's what you're looking for (laughs) <laughs> no, no, don't uh, don't even make that joke, please, operator. Um, I'm actually looking to talk to a reception or or some kind of a doctor there. Uh, we're actually private investigators. Um, we are. Uh, it's it's official business. We're, right, we're looking to talk uh, to to somebody there. Uh, hold, please, and uh, you can hear it kind of go towards connecting, and uh, within a moment you hear. Roxbury Sanitarium, uh, how can I help you? Uh, hi, yes, uh, this is, can, can I do a fast talk again? Yeah, go for it. Okay, uh, regular success on a fast talk. Uh, yes, this is Matthew Hawkins with the Boston Globe. I'm calling on official business, uh, seeing if I could talk to the doctor of the Macarios, I believe they are, uh, patients there. Oh, well, uh, yes, I can probably connect you to Dr. Wilmore. Uh, one second, please. You gotta get ho- put on hold. Uh, you can hear some, you know, shuffling of papers and running around. Uh, clearly, they don't have a like, super fancy system at this time. Um, as a reminder, though, make sure you guys are checking the little box next to your skills whenever you do one successfully, because that, at the end of the game, will be how we level. I'll explain that when we get there. Oh, yeah. And a couple moments later, without fail, you hear, Yes, this is Dr. Moore. How can I help you? Uh, hello, Doctor. Yes, my name is Matthew Hawkins with the Boston Globe. Uh, I'm actually working on a, a story about uh, the events that happened at the Corbett House. Uh, and I was wondering you if you would be willing to be a professional source for this story. I'm just looking for some 
character references about the Macarios and if you've been able to find out anything else that went on in the house because there's really not much testimony uh, out here for the record. Well, uh, I'm sure as you know that uh, patient records are uh, of the utmost secrecy. Can't exactly be giving information out willy-nilly. You know, are you family? You said you're from the newspaper? Uh, Why why exactly should I be giving this information to a journalist? Oh, well, I mean, it's really in the public interest, you know. It's it's an up-and-coming neighborhood. There's lots of children there. Uh, I think families really have the right to know what's going on there and, and what might have transpired. And, you know, you want to be on the right side of history, Dr. Wilmore. I really think I'm going to need a persuade role from this. Uh, you know, you're talking about <laughs> families being safe. You're really trying to appeal to his sensibility. Clone all Roger the stuff. That. I have bad persuade. I fail persuade. Okay, uh, would you like to try pushing the role? Perhaps somebody else could push uh, it in your stead. Yeah. What's that? I said perhaps somebody else could push it in your stead. Maybe they'll grab the phone from you and take over. That could be good, because I'm a fast talker. I'm not a persuader. You hear me start going way overboard on this, like, <laughs> spiel about how good it is for everyone. Like, well, this guy's going to f*** it up. Oh, sorry. Edit that one out. Wilmore's on the other side, just, like, rolling his eyes, like, come on. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so uh, I'll grab the phone. Um, like, hello, Dr. Uh, Wilmore. My name is, is Robert. I'm a, uh, I'm a perf- uh, private investigator. We've been having some issues in the neighborhood. There's some pretty shady activity going. Honestly, we're, we're just trying to get as much information as we can. Try to keep everybody. Um, I know this sounds like really sketchy and weird, but if you have them as patients, you probably know the history of the house and of the neighborhood. And, um, you know, the, the raid that happened around there and, and people are just worried. So we're just trying to make sure we follow any lead that we can. Try to keep the neighborhood as safe as possible. We'd really appreciate any. You know, I'm going to actually, um, I'm going to employ what is called a bonus die here, even though you're pushing the roll. And the reason why I want to do this is because you mentioned being a PI uh, and, you know, kind of everything that's gone on. You've shown that you know a little bit of history about what's happened there. So I'm going to allow you to push this roll with a bonus die, allowing you to roll your D10s twice as an advantage. Okay. Okay, uh, I rolled a 52 and a 58 out of 50, uh, or sorry, out of 70, so it makes no difference. So regular success. Regular success, perfect. So luckily, he doesn't hang up the phone. Something about you talking about all those fine details catches his attention. Well, I suppose if the private investigators are getting involved, it's perhaps a matter of public interest and perhaps even awareness. Uh, but yeah, so we, we took... In the Macarios, um, there is both Gabriella and uh, Vittoria, the husband-wife. We have both. What kind of state are they in at the moment? Stable? Are they doing well? What's what's going on? Well, uh, well, Gabriella is a bit more conscious and approachable than Vittorio. However, when you start talking to her about what happened in that house, she states very, very odd things. Uh, People leaning over her while they're sleeping, and objects flying around the room at random. A lot of anger directed at her husband. When we try to press her for more information, she simply shuts down. Now, Vittorio, 
He's another case altogether, who most of the time he sits in the corner of his cell, muttering and clasping a Bible. Interesting. Is this, um, is this in line with any kind of diagnosis or anything that you've seen before in your, your professional career? No, I dare say the man is as mad as can be. A general lunatic. I'm not sure what more of a diagnosis you could want than that. I mean, half the time he's opening up the Bible and spewing out lines that, well, near as I can tell, don't even exist. Um, what kind of treatment are we looking at? Like, lobotomy, shock therapy? Right now, it is several doses of high-voltage shock therapy. You know, um, occasionally... Uh, we do water stimuli, um, but eventually, yes, it will It will come to a full frontal lo- lobotomy, indeed. Alright. Um, Gabriella seems like she's doing better. Just, is there any hope of her being reintegrated into society, or is she kind of a lost cause as well? Well, she would have to show some significant growth. The best thing I could think of is having to write down her story, but we are not even close to... Anywhere on that front. Several more months of treatment, I'm sure. Alright, well, I think that's about all the information that we need. Thank you very much for your time. We really do. Mm-hmm. Yes, make sure this information is used. Of course. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, take care. Get the phone, um, and then I'll uh, kind of communicate everything. Definitely sounds like this house has quite the effect on anybody in there. Yeah, yeah, there's something, something not right going on. I want to know how our landlord got involved in this house. Honestly, he's a skeezy guy. It was probably just yeah. cheap property. All, All right, right, are well, we ready to go on in? pretty much time to head over to the house. Yeah. As you approach the brick building that lies as the Corbett house, it is overshadowed by taller, newer buildings on every side. The house fronts the street. In the rear are overgrown planting and a half-collapsed arbor. Access to the rear exists on either side of the residence. Studying the house, you are all in awe and impressed by the way the house seems to withdraw into the shadows cast by the flanking building, and how the blank curtained windows hide all understanding of what could be possibly inside. The front door is secured with a single lock, though it does appear that four additional bolts have been added. Of course. Is that all? Is you done with the description? All ground floor windows have also been nailed shut from the inside. There, I'm done. Okay. I'd like to take a photograph of the house exterior for the newspaper. Absolutely. Roll art and craft photography. Uh, I got an extreme success, actually. 10 out of 50. Nice. <laughs> the, just as if... Color photography. <laughs> yeah. It's as if you were born for this. It's as if you're <laughs> Michelangelo. Page photo, baby. There you go. The lighting is perfect. Spider-Man is in the corner. <laughs> you, ob- yes. you observe all the rules of thirds, whatever that means, and you snap the mm-hmm. perfect picture. Mm-hmm. And when photographing real estate, you do it from like 45 degree angle on the corner. Is that to make it look bigger? <laughs> Just pro tip for everybody. <laughs> um, it seems a little weird that she said that she was seeing people over top of her and it's way more secured. She must obviously have yeah. some idea that, or thoughts at least, that people are coming <clears throat> into the house. That's just an assumption, though. Yeah. And that there was a big church, you know, that we were just talking about, the uh, Church of Contemplation, I believe. Yeah. That's numbers of people. Seems like things, that's pretty loose. Mm-hmm. Don't go too far yeah. with it, but. Yeah. Can we see that 
the chapel of contemplation here? Is it that close? Uh, you wouldn't be able to see it, but um, you know, but it's in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. based off the address you got from the that uh, record, as well as where you're at now, you would know that it'd be within a couple yeah. blocks. So, does the door look like a lock could foresee picked, or are the four extra bolts kind of like requiring keys or opening the inside? Well, why don't you roll me a locksmith, somebody, and uh, we'll see what you could find out. I succeeded. Six, 61 out of 50, so fail. Alright, fail. 48 out of 60. <laughs> Bob, this isn't your first house that you've tried to break into. Although usually it's trying to catch somebody's husband in the act, you know? However, you, uh, yes, the husband. You very easily, uh, not only observe this lock, which, curiously enough, you see that the bolts that have been added are actually fairly new. Um, however, you also easily unlock the door. It looks like the bolts are not locked, just the lock on the bottom. Amateur. <laughs> Alright, well, forward, I guess. Open the door. All right. I'm going to need you to make a pal roll. <laughs> You've been possessed. <laughs> All right. Well, when you walk into the ground floor, uh, you are presented with a fairly regular, smaller home. Um, from what you can tell by walking in, it has been abandoned for a little while. Um, there are three doors to your left. And there are three doors to your right, as well as uh, two staircases at the end of the hall. One going up. Um, can I spot hidden? Sure. What are you What are you trying to find through your spot hidden? Um, just kind of looking at the house and seeing if there's any doors that kind of look like they've been used more often, or if there's anything strange about this like front landing area, um, doors that are boarded up. That kind of, anything that's kind of out of the ordinary beyond just like it's a house. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, from what? Yeah. Go ahead and roll. Uh, twenty nine out of sixty. So that'd be a hard. Perfect. Uh, so you notice a couple things. Um, the first is that you notice that most of the doors are kind of closed, like they haven't been used very recently. Uh, two doors that pique your interest would be room. We'll call it room one off to your left, uh, the first door immediately to your left, um, but also room four, which is what we will call the first door immediately to your right. Okay. Um, and why do they stand out? Uh, the doors are open to them as, a, as if they've been left ajar, almost like maybe somebody's been using them more recently. Okay. Or is a jar? <laughs> no, it's a door. It's like, have you guys ever heard the Billy Corgan make the really bad Smashing Pumpkins joke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what is an album? Not that's, an that's album. That's what that was. When it's a door. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Yeah. So start with door number one. Like a Price is Right joke about sixty years <laughs> too early. <laughs> when you open up the door, you see a room that is filled with boxes and junk, such as rusted water tanks and old bicycles. At the right end of the room is a cupboard, curiously boarded shut. Check out the cupboard and see if we pry it open. Hey, big girl, you need to tear <laughs> these boards off the cupboard. Yeah. Big girl, you want to make a strength to rip roll? Rip the doors right off. Yeah. What roll is that? You said. Give me a strength roll. Ugh, easy. No problem. It's <laughs> because he's old doesn't mean he didn't keep the muscles. Um. <laughs> okay. Well, it was still just a regular success, but <laughs> you know he's a little tired. He hasn't stretched. <laughs> gotta warm up the muscles hammies are tense <laughs> alright well you uh, you managed to pry some of these boards off and inside you find three very dusty volumes they appear to be diaries and they're titled 
W. Corbett Esquire. Ooh, Esquire. It's fancy. Side note, does anyone actually know what Esquire means when it's, like, part of your name? I I looked it up. You uh, are capable of practicing law. Yeah, I looked this up, like, the other day. It's either that you're capable of practicing... It's like you can practice law, but you're not, like, a full-fledged lawyer, pretty much, I think, is the gist of it, right? Yeah, and then when... So that's, like, primarily the the British use of that word. But then when people came to the States, uh, a lot of people just, like, started misappropriating it to say that they were somebody of worth. So, like, it, it could be that this guy practiced law, or it could be that he just was full of himself. Just... So they originally it was like a paralegal and now it's the same way that we use it where you just want to sound fancy yeah Esquire. that's fantastic <laughs> okay uh, big Earl what do they say yeah what, what are the diaries is there anything interesting in the, those diaries there yeah, uh, so big Earl will just hand that off to the readers <laughs> <laughs> he ain't none of them fancy book learning <laughs> so I uh, you guys kind of just like flip through them a little bit uh you recognize that it would require a lot of reading, uh, probably a few days worth, uh, to really get a good look at it. But curiously enough, several times you come across the phrase, call forth the opener of ways, but it's a lot of mumbo jumbo that, like I said, you wouldn't be able to read through in just like right now. Can I flip to a random page and make a luck roll? Uh, <laughs> what's your intention? Uh, I want to flip to the page with the exact information that I want to know <laughs> regarding this guy His intention and why he went crazy. is to make the Keeper's life as difficult as possible right now. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Give me, give me a luck roll. You can easily say no. No, no, let's try it. <laughs> uh, just a normal success. <laughs> so you, you flip over to a page um, and you see, you see the word vampire. And that's uh, probably the only real Weird. word that you truly recognize. Can you... The rest uh, is just, like, crazy scribbles? Yeah, it's, like, a, a curious um, combination Ooh. of, like, mad ramblings that, like, you can't make heads or yeah. tails of. And what seems to be, like, folklore. Gotcha. Yeah. Can you repeat that phrase that kept popping up? Call forth the what, sorry? The opener of ways. You know, we made fun of the landlord, but there doesn't seem much saying about this whole situation yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, well, let's check out uh, the next doors. Yeah. Do we want to work our way sure. around do you the room, check or out do we want to go board? to... Sure. All right. So you go across the hall and open up the door that you had noticed had previously been used as well. This room contains a fair amount of conventional furnishings. A radio, couch, stuffed chairs, and shelves laden with trinkets. You can't help but notice, though, that there's an unusual quantity of crosses and images of the Virgin Mary and other Catholic artifacts. Um, So, I saw the word vampire in there. I want to roll history here. Uh, 25 normal success. Would I know enough about vampires that I would feel inclined to pick up one of those crosses? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Well, I would like to stuff one of those in my pocket. Absolutely, go for it. Uh, I'm feeling paranoid. Can I spot hidden in this room to see if there's anything in particular that stands out as being, like, having been used a fair amount or something that stands out as being, like, of importance? Uh, yeah, go for it. Uh, nope. 81 out of 60. Oh, no. You almost get this, like, (laughs) hesitant feeling about looking any further indeed. And as the three of you go to leave this room, everybody roll listen. 
That's not cool. My hearing is going away. Oh, I just barely succeeded. 59 out of 60. From uh, up above, <laughs> you hear the floor creak. And it sounds as if it's coming up and a little bit further down the hall. I reach into my shirt, pull out my pilot's 38 caliber revolver and the cross. And I say, I got this. <laughs> so... I was not kidding when I said that my hearing is going. I did not hear that. My listen is 20. Uh. <laughs> okay, well then I put my like hand over my lips like shh, and I like point up like I'm hearing something up top. Okay. I will Do you guys just, head And I move to the stairs. Yeah, I move towards them. I don't quite go up them, but I want to like see if I can peer up and around the corner. Okay. I'm also just realizing that I did not bring... As you peer up the stairs, you can see nothing out of the ordinary nothing's moving around you can't see anything it looks fairly vacant but you see what appears to be the floor that holds the bedroom of the house how many bedrooms are Are they all closed as you get a little bit closer you can see that yes all the doors are closed there are three fairly similar in size bedrooms and a bathroom closest to the stairwell can you uh describe the layout a little bit for me sorry no that's right uh it is uh fairly rectangular um Looking on this floor, really, you just have, like, a hallway on the far side of the, like, where you go up the stairs. There's a hallway straight down. And then just on the left side of all of that is immediately the bathroom. And then three bedrooms closed off by door on the left side. uh, All in a row. I think check the closest door. Because if I heard something walking up there, I'm not going to go past anything without checking it. Basic rules of room clearing. Fair enough. The bathroom door closest to you is closed, but when you open it up, you see that it contains a sink, bathtub, and a water closet with an overhead tank. Towels and other possessions are still here, very typical for a family of four, and curiously, never moved. In the bathtub is a brackish pool of water, fed by a dripping faucet. Uh, I'd like to make a spot hidden roll. Sure. Regular success. Nothing seems to be too out of the ordinary, but okay. that pool of water just doesn't look right. Yeah. If playing PT... And like it's, pool, it's pooling up in the bathtub like the drain is clogged? Yes. Okay. If playing PT taught me anything, you say you're clear of bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, who's sticking uh, their arm in there to find out if there's anything in the, in the bathtub? Well, I got the cross, so I'm going to cross first, put my <laughs> hand in the water. <laughs> Specifically looking to uh, pull the drain plug out if it's there. As you reach down into the hall, or into, as you reach down into the cold, horribly sludge-laden water, you find nothing but a clump of the grossest, nastiest hair clogging the drain. (laughs) That's gnarly. What? Can I pull it out? (laughs) Oh yeah, you pull it out, and it just... Just a big, huge, slurping sound as the water slowly begins to drain out of it. Gnarly. And then, is there anything else in the bathtub after the water drains? No. (laughs) Gross. I, like, wipe my hand off on the towel, and I'm like, well, that was a dead end. It's a good find. (laughs) Crack in the case. All right. You guys got to go into the next room first, because I'm scarred. All right. Uh, Yeah. Move down the hall to uh, bedroom. And then I'm going to open it. I think Big Earl should go first. If the guy with the gun is now, you know, a little <laughs> skittish behind, maybe the big guy just in case. So, yeah, I'll just 
open the door. Fair enough. All right. As you open the door, you look into a bedroom. In this room is a bed frame with bare bed spring and a dresser. Although it looks like it's been unused, you can't help but notice a darkened pool in one of the left-hand assume <laughs> hazarding a guess years of uh private oh. investigating um yeah spot hidden when in doubt spot hidden <laughs> did you get any what'd you roll oh sorry i was waiting for him to be like what are you looking for oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah 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 oh no i was talking uh oh yeah sorry uh, um all right what it's all right i rolled for? a 99 so <laughs> uh apparently i'm looking for nothing i rolled a 99 um <laughs> well you can't quite make out what that pool might be, but as you're searching around, you hear the window rattling. <laughs> Wind. I definitely check the window. <laughs> as you approach the window, I need you to roll luck. Uh-oh. You hear what begins as a slow tapping, which turns into a furiously paced rattling and shaking and vibrating, and all of a sudden, you hear a scraping against the floor as the bed comes sailing towards you, crashing into you. And I'm going to need you to roll 1d6. Six? As the bed comes flying across the room, you're thrown through the window, getting struck by broken glass before you crumple to the (laughs) ground, taking eight points of damage. Eight? Eight. Oh, man. Yeah, have I you just took some... have you taken a major wound, which is half or more of your health points? I went from uh, sorry, health is con and size divided by ten, right? Correct. Yeah, so I have two HP left. <laughs> so I need you to strike yeah. the so major wound, 10. check off major yeah. wound, uh, and adjust your health point. Yeah. Now I'm going to need somebody to race down there and help him. Uh, I'm sure you do first aid, otherwise he will fall unconscious. Um, and if you can't get there in one round, he will have to roll constitution. However, Bob and Big Earl, seeing this bed, touched by nobody, go flying across the room. You're going to need to roll sanity. Uh, uh, extreme success. You are going to lose... Yeah, yeah I meant- Bob, you're going to lose one point of sanity. Big Earl? Uh, I got a hard success. I got 22 out of 50. You will also lose one point of sanity. And for a second, uh. Big Earl, as strong as you might be, you kind of huddle towards the ground as you are <laughs> so frightened by what you have just seen. Bob, you give a little girlish squeak like a mouse. <laughs> However... <laughs> Just like that. Each of you is going to need to go and try to help your friend. I'm like half mangled. I'm on the ground outside, yeah. right? Yeah. Half mangled on the ground outside in shock, like bleeding from the ear, trying to like light a cigarette, but the cigarette's broken. I'm like, <laughs> oh God, it hurts so much. I realize I don't know my... I am a cut man back in the day, so I do know a little bit about first aid if I can get to him. Well, I think... Uh... I think you should be able to just find as long as furniture flies, yeah. flies at yeah. you. Why don't we, uh, yeah, why don't we just do a, uh, a dexterity roll to see if you get there right away. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, good, that is a hard success. 10 out of, or 30, I mean. 
Okay, so we can say that you get a ra- get there right away. I also made it. Perfect. Uh, however, I will, according to the rules, I do actually have to have uh, Matthew make a con roll to see whether he stays conscious or not. Hard success. So you do... He's super conscious. You're like hyper aware. Light that cigarette. And as your friends come up to you, would either one of them like to roll first aid to try and restore a singular hit point to you? Uh, yeah. I mean, we both better try. <laughs> My first aid sucks. <laughs> Mine's not bad. I got 50, so I mean, I'll give her a go for sure. Yeah, I did good. I got a hard success. 23 out of... Eight. Nice. Perfect. Good, because I got 91 out of 30. <laughs> perfect so earl puts a splint on my arm but then uh bob like breaks it it in another spot don't worry the arm is secure i'll put it in my backpack (laughs) the cigar that he's smoking while he's standing there falls and burns you take it (laughs) (laughs) gotta cauterize the wound there son (laughs) all right so I'm conscious. Just start rubbing dirt on it. You are you are conscious, and because of the great uh, first aid roll, you are able to regain a singular hit point. Uh, as they kind of yeah. pick you up and, and stabilize you a bit, um, you're you're very wounded. Yeah. Healing in Cthulhu is a stingy game. <laughs> I've seen smaller men take way bigger hits and not survive that. So, well, that doesn't make any sense. Smaller men take bigger hits. And they didn't survive. What? Whatever. Big Earl's seen some damage, and he's amazed that you could survive that. And he did say his own name in that situation because he was so messed up from Third seeing that person. bed fly. Yeah. He's been hit in the head. That's a few his character trait is talking to himself in third person. He's good at first aid, but not good at articulation. Big Earl. Do I have any, like, broken bones or anything? Um, You know what? Why don't we. Um, why don't we roll luck on that? I don't see any rules about that, so... Uh, just barely passed. Alright, so we'll just say that you've got some general spraining and things like that. Nothing's broken, you'll still be able to move, but you definitely, um, we'll okay. definitely say that you, if you will try to do anything tricky, perhaps you'll have to take a penalty die. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay. Alright. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't realize we were signing up for this. Yeah, Maybe our uh, maybe our landlord wasn't quite as uh, on the sauce. Well, what do we do? Do we go back inside? You don't really have a choice at this point. We've uh, we've started. Maybe just stand back a little. We could just abandon our apartment and be hobos. <laughs> like that's an, an option here. Here's a reporter. Okay. I've seen the grungy side of the streets in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I know what's out there. <laughs> All right. Well. Somebody else has got to go first. All right. Well, forward I go, I guess. Or forward we go, I guess. I mean, yeah. I feel like Big Earl will try and put his bulk between things a little bit more often, if possible. Seems like he might take a bed better than most people. (laughs) Which is not a statement you hear very often. No. (laughs) Guy took a bed to the face. (laughs) All right. Where do you guys want to go now? Um, you You do know that when you went into the house... There was Back. not only upstairs, but there you did pass by basement stairs at the same time. Yeah. The upstairs had a bed that got thrown at us, so I feel like there's some something going on there. And we we heard things moving up there. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think we're on the right track. It might have been the bed moving. You're right. It probably was the bed moving. <laughs> yeah. I'd say we should probably clear the top floor. There's only two more rooms left to check, and then okay. we can kind of yeah. go down. And then at least that way we know it's... Okay, let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So we'll head towards bedroom. Okay. So after some time and careful trekking, you get back upstairs and you look into the second room, which you find has two smaller beds, uh, various toys, and a couple of dressers. There are pictures of aircraft and cowboy marks all over. This appears to be a children's. Uh, when in doubt, spot hidden. Uh, anything out of the ordinary as far as, like, looks like... I mean, the last room had a puddle of what was presumably blood, um, and it's kind of a derelict house. Any signs of, like, a foul play or anything that's out of the ordinary for a kid's room? Uh, does anybody have, like, track or anything like that? Excellent no. Question. If we had track... I know I thought about it. I don't know if I actually... <laughs> if we had track, we'd I'll be able to look at different uh, markings and things like that. No. Uh, realistically, yeah, not successful at this room doesn't seem to have very much else in it. Okay. Alright. What's the last room? In the last room, you find a pretty ordinary bedroom. In fact, it looks like what you would assume would have been Gabriella and Vittorio Macario's bedroom, um, based on the photographs that you find on the nightstand. Just as the living room down below, there are many crosses and many candles strewn everywhere, uh, a rosary hanging off the bedpost and a breviary on the nightstand. Well, they were clearly trying to keep something away. Again, any uh, signs of like foul play or anything? Not that you can see. Big Earl wouldn't mind do spot hidden on seeing if there's like any way to like easy entrance into this room, right? The wife saying that she's seeing people over top of her. It'd be interesting to know if anyone could actually just get in here, right? Like we're on a second floor, so it's yeah. a bit of a fall, but if you can survive falling out of it, maybe people can get up to it easy. Yeah. And if it's an old stone house, you can maybe like see if there's rock climb up the cell. Okay, it, it kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds to me as if you're trying to really kind of get a layout the, the almost architecture of the house and the ground. Um, you know what? I would allow you mm-hmm. to make just a general intelligence roll. Ooh, sounds good. I'll try and piece his brains together. They're a little bit scattered usually, but he's not bad. That is a um, extreme success. Three out of 50. Ooh, perfect. Uh, yeah, you notice that um, these windows as well look like they wouldn't be easy to get to. They kind of have that like overhang style of house looking out to the front at this point, um, where you wouldn't really see much of a way to get in. You know, unless they had a really tall ladder or something like that, it's not something that most people would attempt. And if anyone did, it probably would have been seen and maybe a little bit more notable, potentially. Absolutely. Yeah. So if anyone's trying to get in, they would want to be a lot sneaky. Absolutely. Well, it seems like there's only one way to go. Down yeah, Earl... into the creepy basement. Earl's going to grab a cross. Oh, actually, no, he'll grab the rosary, because he seems that thing's a little interesting. After seeing nice. that bed, he's not really a biblical man, but he might be now. <laughs> All right. As you descend to the main floor and look down the staircase to the basement, you notice curiously... That just like the front door, the door at the bottom has three bolts. But these bolts can only be opened from this side, from the ground floor side of the house. The stairs look like they're in poor repair. And although you try to flick on the lights, nothing turns on. Uh, I'm going to light, I'm gonna light my, my uh, lighter for light. See if I can see anything. Um, yeah, I would allow you to. Why don't, um, like, what, what specifically are you looking at? Well, I just, like, if the light can't turn on, it's 
pitch black. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you're kind of looking down the stairs right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just want to make sure that we're not walking into any flying beds. <laughs> There's so a I can bed see just anything like crouched moving, on the like, stairs waiting. Back when I like flick the like uh, fire on. No, nothing on the stairway. You do get the sense that okay. perhaps the stairs are a little bit rickety. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I uh, pass my lighter to Big Earl and I pat him <laughs> uh, like affectionately on the back and step behind him. If a guy with Big in his name can make it down the stairs, <laughs> it's probably safe for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, he's gonna put just like a little bit of weight on that first step just to see if by any chance that they're weight bearing or not because if they're looking rickety. He's not you know too trustworthy. That's fair. As you as you try to kind of navigate these stairs and just test them out it's going to require some sort of uh expertise to get down there they definitely don't want to support your weight fully and in order to go down these stairs i will need what is called a combined roll now with a combined roll i'm going to ask for two different skills to be used and you only have to succeed at one of them so if you want to go down these stairs i'm going to ask for a combined climb and a combined dex. Okay. So we just have to do yeah, one Yeah, just succeed other. at one of those. Um, you're kind of almost using both of them in conjunction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I passed dex. All right. I definitely do not pass my dex. And doubt I pass my climb either. You only have to roll once. <laughs> Earl is not graceful. Oh, yeah, well, my dex either, yeah. Either which way I'm screwed. All so. right. I also did not pass either one. Ooh. Okay, well, the good thing is that Matthew did, because he's, uh, he's the one that's hurting. Uh, oddly enough, he passes this, and uh, Big Earl, as you go to step down these stairs, uh, you are going to begin to go, and all of a sudden, you feel the stairs give way underneath you, and you are lurched forward, and you're going to roll 1d6. A 1. Luckily for you, you kind of just stumble a bit, and you lose one hit point of damage as you hit the... It's a hell of a stumble. Mm -hmm. You push the door open on your way. Bob, you also weren't expecting Uh it to be as in disrepair as it is. Please roll 1d6. One as well. Perfect. So you feel the the bottom board snap a bit, and you kind of slam into the side of the door frame but you are relatively unscathed. Matthew, seeing both of them uh, kind of stumble down these steps, you yourself are able to navigate it well enough, and all you could think is, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. And as you all look around you, you are in a basement uh, that appears to be littered with clutter, cans, um, dumpster, refuse, um, different boxes and things like that. And there does appear to be a room off to the right, but it's a fairly small area. Okay, I uh, pick pick the other two up off of the uh, floor and tell them to dust themselves off. And I point <laughs> at the door. <laughs> is the door open? It is. Can we see anything? Is there light coming from the door? Or there's no... Hear anything? There's no light. Um... When you look inside, I know I can't hear things. You see what appears to be an old storage bin, perhaps one time for a coal chute, but the coal chute has been nailed firmly shut. Okay. And as you guys stand inside the main room looking in, can I get everybody to make a spot hidden? Yeah, I did not succeed. 
failure. I failed as well with C9. Nice. You guys are all looking amongst... (laughs) You're all looking amongst the scattered possessions in the bottom, or in the basement, rather. And as you're looking around, you begin to see all sorts of different just garbage, as if somebody was just hoarding different materials around. However, I need everybody to roll luck. God, so bad. Oh, but I got it. Passed. Now, okay, double zero and zero is not zero. It's a hundred, <laughs> isn't it? That, my yeah. sir. Sure that is. That, well... fine fellow, is what we call a fumble, a critical failure, and... As it means I have 100% luck, right? I'm super lucky. <laughs> As you are looking through all this material, suddenly, out of the corner of your eye, you see a knife fly through the air and stab you in the calf. Jeez. Doing roll oh, a d4. Four. four. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to deal you six points of damage as it impales you in the cow. Well, that's nice. So that'll be your wound. Alright, yes. And as you take the major wound, you are going to fall to the ground. And I'm going to need you to make a constitution. Uh, extreme success. Yes, Perfect. You. you howl out in pain. However, you manage to stay conscious. Do you go to grab the knife? <laughs> Uh, probably, yeah, just out of, like, instinct. Sure, I... I don't feel like my first aid training applies to me. (laughs) (laughs) You're not supposed to pull it out. I know you're not, but in the instant. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I am going... I'm going to do what's called an opposed roll here, which means you're going to roll your strength to grab the knife versus whatever is causing this to happen. So go ahead and roll. The knife's desire to stay in my leg. Uh, 76 out of 50. Ooh. So as you go to reach <laughs> for the knife, all of a sudden it withdraws through uh, from the air and begins to dance around in front of you, threatening to slash again. And this is where uh, we have now entered a small amount of combat here. So what is everybody's dexterity order? Because that's going to determine who gets to act first. You got 70 and a gun. 50. (laughs) Big Earl, you're 60. Bob is 50. And Matthew is 70. So, uh, Matthew, you are going to go first. You see this knife floating through the air, dancing around. How do you respond? Shoot uh, <laughs> I either want to shoot a bunch of shots at what's holding the knife or throw the cross at it. I think I'm going to start off with trying to shoot okay. it. Okay. You can roll your so firearms. I, that, that would be the panic reaction. Uh, regular. Alright. On just one shot. As you lift your firearm and you squeeze the trigger... You see the bullet whiz through the air, seemingly hitting nothing. That's kind of what I thought. Okay, who's got the next action? Uh, bigger girl. Punch the knife. Now. Yeah, well, what else am I supposed to do? Sorry, there is one thing that I've forgotten here, guys. Um, We have to do a sanity check. So everybody roll sanity. Pass. Pass. Fail. Everybody who passes, take Actually. one sanity damage. And, uh... Big girl, for your failure, you're going to roll a d4. Okay. One. All right, so you also lose one. That was an incredibly lucky roll. Uh, you all you all feel this Ooh, haunting this presence. Luck. 
You all feel this haunting presence loom over you as this knife is threatening to stab you all unendingly. Yeah. I feel like punching a knife seems like a really stupid thing to do. So, like, my only other option is to, yeah, like, I feel like I gotta grab it and just, like, try and control where it's floating around at least a little bit. Sure, so it sounds like you're trying to do what's called... Go ahead, Kate. As someone with self-defense training, it's all bad ideas. Yeah. (laughs) There's no good ideas with a knife. (laughs) Unless you have a gun. (laughs) Uh, So it sounds like what you're trying to do, big girl, is a maneuver. And this is going to be the same skill as your fighting brawl. And so uh, with... Okay, Yeah, except for instead of dealing damage, you're going to specifically try to grab the knife. So you can go ahead and roll fighting brawl. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Hey, oh, are you kidding me? 89, yeah, he's over 70, so I'm definitely a failure on that Ooh. one. Well, <laughs> and he's good at fighting, but not grappling, apparently. Uh, well, luckily for you. Not a lot of knives and boxing fights. <laughs> whatever this thing is, has decided to just dance out of your way and flourish through the air. Um, and it is going to be Bob's turn. Uh, since I'm, like, still on the ground with a knife wood in my calf, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna, like, hold the knife wood to, like, put pressure on it and just kind of, like, try to skirt away and have an arm up to, like, defend myself. Sure. Just to kind of, like, prepare in case it takes another attack at Sure. It. So there are no hard, fast rules against um, movement and things like that. So would you like to move out of the way as well as perform first aid on yourself? Um, I mean, my first aid really sucks. Mm. Um, but yeah, I can, I'll, I'll give it a go. It's not like I'm going to make it worse. I'm not going to jab my finger inside. <laughs> you find a needle something. on the ground and stab yourself more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I decided to plug the wound with my scar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of like, like, stop the bleeding as much as I can while just kind of like creating some distance defending myself. Sure, roll first aid. Uh, hey, extreme success. Hey. <laughs> whoa, well, actually... You get, um, I, I believe you get a better roll on that. Let me just uh, double check the rules here and see what happens. Okay, so it doesn't actually uh, really say that you get any sort of added bonus for this. Uh, so we'll let it be right now. You can get one health point back. And that is your turn. So whatever this thing is, is going to try to move next. It seems to be moving a little bit more slowly uh, and it is going to lash out at Big Earl because he was the last one to tr- attempt something. And he is going to slash at you. Sounds good. So you have well, two options here. Slashing. You can fight back, which in mm-hmm. your case might be to try to grab the knife. Uh, or you could try to dodge. Now with Call of Cthulhu, uh, with combat, if you tie the and you're attacking or maneuvering back, the person who attacked first always gets the advantage on that so they would succeed if you try to dodge and you tie you automatically win so it's kind of up to you it's a risk reward situation yeah yeah big girl's all about the risks you don't ever win anything without taking the licking every now and again so he's gonna try and just yeah wrestle that knife back again no time for dodging all right go for it Oh man, 93 definitely failed again. He is bad at fighting this knife. <laughs> uh, and unfortunately, uh, this thing has gotten an extreme success. Uh, so I am nice. going to need you to roll uh, 1d4. Okay. Three. You are going to take 10 hit points of 
And nice. I believe you're going to need to roll what? major wound. Yep, major wound. I got one life yeah. kicking around. And uh, why don't you roll me a uh, <laughs> constitution roll to see if you remain conscious. He might go down. He's he's an old man in those ways. <laughs> um, oh, man. Yep, 82 over 50. All right. So, so, you, so unfortunately, Big Earl, as this knife pierces you, <laughs> let's say in the chest, you stumble to the ground you don't know how you've ever been brought to your knees by a stronger opponent, and you pass out. <laughs> and we are going to go back to... Well, it would it uh, would appear that we're going to go back to Matthew. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're in a like, bad spot here. <laughs> in a desperate plea, I raised the cross up at this thing, and I yelled, The power of Christ compels you! And I try to like, hit it with the cross. <laughs> okay, uh... Like, what part are you trying to hit? Are you just, like, madly swinging at the air, or...? At the knife, specifically. Okay. Like, or, like, what I could see, like, where... If something would be holding it, like, that general... Vicinity. Okay, so at, like, the handle thing? Okay. Yeah. So why don't you roll me, uh, Brawl again? Normal, Normal success. success. All right, let's see what happens. Well, luckily, it went to, uh, slash at you, and as it... As you... Uh, kind of madly swing in the air. Uh, your hands kind of grasp at the hilt, and you manage to hold it in your hands. And the yeah, knife. it's struggling, but you're firmly yeah. holding it. And there's no additional effects. And it appears that for now you're safe. Oh, like the knife's not moving. Anymore? Well, it's it's kind of vibrating a bit, but it's not having. It doesn't have enough but power to it. actually strike you. Okay, interesting. Uh, hmm. I have like a cheeky plan to potentially run upstairs and throw this thing into one of them and like lock the door. Because <laughs> like then it can't get to us in theory. I don't know. I'm just gonna hold on to it for right now, and we we gotta pick up Earl off the floor. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I do a saving roll on Earl? Yeah, you can roll first aid. Uh, I was not successful. <laughs> just punch him in the face. <laughs> My first date's awful. Fifty-three out of thirty. All right. Uh, yeah, you you aren't able to rouse him any. Um, I could get one more person to try, or uh, Big Earl could try to roll Constitution to see if he wakes up. I'll try, but I have a possessed knife in my hand. <laughs> you also have a lighter. Just cauterize the wood. How <laughs> would wake uh, him up? Yeah. Normal success. All right. So you wake him up. Uh, you uh, you don't bestow any health points back to him, but he he is awake and <laughs> ready to go. Really hurting. Oh God! So there's still I've one more. There's a door down here, right? <laughs> that we haven't even gone to yet. Uh, there isn't a door, but why doesn't everybody roll me spot hidden? Because I don't. There was one door, but you already looked, and it was the full shoot. I failed. Uh, if I expend some luck, I pass. All right, well, and luck's not doing me any favors anyways. So. Oh, that's what I could do. I could throw this knife down the coal chute. I'm just going to keep holding it right now. <laughs> All right, uh, Bob, as you're looking around trying to get a, a handle on this situation, you notice that the one side of the room has boards, almost like something's been nailed shut. Um, so, sorry, the room that we're currently in with the coal chute or the one where you come down the stairs? Uh, well, you guys, sorry, um, you guys were, you weren't in the coal chute room. You were in the big room. The coal chute room was like more of like a closet. Yeah. Uh, so in the big room at the bottom of the stairs, oh, okay. you see a, a space that looks like it's been boarded up. Quite low to the ground. Okay. 
Um, can I go check it out? Cool. Sure. So why don't you give me a strength? Because I'm not that strong. I was unsuccessful. <laughs> uh, if somebody wanted to help you, I could give you a, a bonus die on that. All right. Bigger, I'll give him a hand. So you, you could either, um, a big Earl could either roll for himself and just kind of push him out of the way, or just give him advantage on the roll, whatever. Yeah, I probably feel like better Earl... if you just do it. <laughs> yeah, he wants to look like a big man after passing out in front of you guys, right? He's like, ah, just don't think about that. Nothing. He's bleeding. He's so, bleeding yeah, out. I'm gonna go and give her a good old hurt. rip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we are good there with. <laughs> A 79 so one, out of 80. one-handedly, he reaches over and he peels the boards off. And the three of you look into a moderately sized hole that appears to lead into another larger room. The inside of the hole is teeming with rats. Uh, is the hole big enough for, like, a grown yes. man? Like, it'd be tight yes. that we could crawl through. Okay. Um, can I... Because I have uh-huh. a lighter. As, um, can I take my lighter and try to, like, scare away the rats? Just like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you could do that. Um, tell me how you go to do that. Um, so, like, light the fire, and as I do, just, like, a quick, like, motion towards them. Um, kind of going for, like, startling more than just, like, hey, this is hot. Um, Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's <laughs> genius. Um, yeah, you, you kind of throw it in there. <laughs> you kind of throw it in there, and they're just rats, so, um, you know, they'd naturally be scared of something like that. And they, they clear the way. All right, while I'm down there with the light of the lighter, can I see anything in the room on the other side of the top? Yes. Um, why don't you roll um, roll me a spot hidden, and that will determine how much information I get. Uh, regular okay. success. So as you go in, you do see what appears to be some sort of lumpen shape on the ground at the end. Um, with your spot hidden, you spend a moment to take a look at it, and you notice what appears to be almost like a pallet, like somebody's put a bed on it, and there is a figure lying on its back, looking up. And... Okay, can I... Sorry, can I tell if it's a lie? Why don't you roll me... Like, can I see it, like, breathing? Why don't you roll me medicine? Because I don't know if I have that. Uh, um... <laughs> nope. Because uh, it's 1% and I got It's 25. very hard to tell whether that is a living body. Okay. Um, okay, so I'll reiterate what I can see to the guys. Um, so there's there's somebody in there. I don't know if they're alive or there's nothing really else. Nowhere else for us to be going. It can't be any worse than flying beds and knives. So. Oh, that's a you strong say that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since I only got, like, thrown out a window and not stabbed... I guess I I am almost a tank now, so so I'll I'll approach the bed with I still have the, the possessed knife in my hand. It's, it's still going crazy. It actually begins to vibrate even more, as if it's almost trying to throw the knife in the tunnel and see if it attacks the figure. I, well, I'm worried it's like me. I am going to need you to make yeah. a power roll. Just All him. of us or just him? Success, forty nine out of sixty. You feel something trying to reach out and touch you mentally. In the smallest, darkest corners of your brain that scream for violence. And as you do, you feel the knife extend itself and vibrate even more. But you have full control over it. And you look down, and the figure below you begins to breathe raspingly. And I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. Uh, normal success. 41 out of 59. You take a quick step to the side slightly back as you notice that this body as ancient 
as time, as ancient as decaying bodies, moves slowly underneath your gaze. Uh, is it like just bones or it like tight leather flesh, flesh that's stretched over its bones as if as if it's too small for the bones that lie within it. I want to vigorously stab it with the possessed knife. Can you roll fighting brawl for me? And you can roll with advantage because it appears to be prone. I got the same roll both times. 18 out of 25. A normal success. Without even blinking, you crouch down and stab it in the chest. And as you do, the corpse explodes into ash. And the dust almost blows away as if a wind, a breeze from the nethers comes out of nowhere. And all around you, the house is eerily still. Any sense of foreboding you had, gone. It has fallen from your hand and remains motion in the dirt. I want to step on it and then see if the guys are... When you step on it, the... Like stepping on the handle, right? (laughs) So that it can't, like, like go anywhere, you know? If it tries to move, I can just, like, put more weight on it. As you step on it, it crumbles as if it was paper brittle thin. Huh, okay. Uh, interesting. I've put guys into the hospital. I've never turned them to dust. (laughs) <laughs> way to go <laughs> I uh something came over me I, I just couldn't say no and that's it you guys have found something evil in the depths of Corbett house but you've dismissed it forever the house lies silent as you return to Mr. Stephen Knott and demand your three months of, re- of rent you've guaranteed him that whatever haunted the Corbett house has gone forever and he can, indeed, return to the true horror that is capitalism and being a slumlord. <laughs> <laughs> the real enemy was the money we made all along. <laughs> uh, little piece of me wants to go back and burn it down in the middle of the night. That place is creepy. <laughs> That's it, guys. That is that is the haunting by Chaosium, and that is the beginner scenario for the call of... I can't believe we almost just got... TPK'd by a floating, by a floating knife, knife. Yeah. and a bed. <laughs> 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 <laughs>